This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is best friend of the show, Monica Cabina artist and colorist on Batman The Adventures Continue. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming at DCAUReview.com and on your favorite podcast app. Hey everybody, welcome to yet another DCAU Review bonus episode. This will be our first episode tackling the brand new Justice League Infinity comic, of course, based in the world of Justice League Unlimited, the entire, which of course itself is in the DC animated universe. So you know we had to cover it alongside our coverage of the Batman The Adventures Continue comics, which are also coming out. Uh, you can check out our episode reviewing issue two of season two, also uh, coming out this week. But for today, Cal, this is all about Justice League Unlimited. And uh, or in this case, Justice League Infinity number one. And uh, we got a whole lot to talk about this. Uh, this really hits the ground running. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. You know, we have posted uh, every time there's been a new cover, or, you know, maybe some interior art that's been released. We've done our best to, to drop uh, drop our excitement and post on it on our social media, which uh, if you aren't already following, you can follow us at DCAU Review on both Twitter and Instagram, but we've done our best to keep up with things as we tend to. And uh, so uh, a couple months back when when they announced that this was going to be a uh, recurring monthly series uh, released and uh, from not only uh, J.M. DeMatteis, who has uh, a myriad of writing credits Credits from Justice League Unlimited, uh, including Liam, some of uh, some of the episodes that we've already covered on our standard DCAU episodes, including The Return, which featured Amazo, imagine that, uh, and also Ultimatum. Uh, also, uh, I think maybe one of our favorite, if not uh, top top episodes of all time uh, of Justice League Unlimited uh, for the man who has everything, although the story itself was adapted uh, from the Alan Moore gra- uh, uh, story, it is uh, credited with J.M. DeMatteis. Uh, not, so not only Mr. DeMatteis uh, back and writing this DCAU uh, world, but also uh, I would say one of the godfathers, uh, definitely as far as uh, content content responsibility, this man did it all throughout the DCAU and deserves to be in the conversation for the, uh, the Mount Rushmore of, of content creators, maybe, and that being one Mr. James Tucker. So uh, these two gentlemen were forming a dynamic duo if you will, to uh, to bring back a uh, what would hap- what would have happened if the Justice League Unlimited uh, hadn't ended or if there had been a continuation uh, after that final season of Justice League Unlimited. So uh, we're very excited to talk about that today. And it's interesting because a lot of people, I feel like, were surprised when we posted uh, some still shots from this on our social media this week. They hadn't heard about it. Uh, so if you're tuning in to check this out, uh, Liam, we definitely advise going up and picking up the issue first and foremost 
most uh, support the content creators. Let DC Comics know that we want more DCAU content. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as, as you mentioned to, uh, to legendary uh, writers on this, as well as uh, some artists that we will get to in a moment here. But yeah, it's, I think uh, for, for whatever reason, maybe this didn't get quite the, uh, the media blitz or attention um, even from the sort of the slice of, of nerd media that, uh, that Batman, the adventures continue to, which, I mean, I understand, we, we can understand that because I think Batman, the animated series just has, has a certain prestige and a certain legendary status that as great as all of these DCAU, uh, cartoons are. And in some ways, I think they, the, these cartoons that came after Batman tended to build on that success and, and, you know, even achieve new heights in, in certain ways, but I don't think any of them quite have that name recognition as when you say you're doing a Batman the Animated Series uh, comic book. So maybe that uh, that might be part of it. And, and also, I think, you know, Paul Dini's name, I think, has uh, is, is one that even maybe if you're not as uber into this as we are, you may recognize quicker than you recognize a a Mr. DeMatteis or a Mr. Tucker, which is, uh, you know, not that Mr. Dean doesn't deserve those, uh, those accolades, but uh, obviously as, as you've just talked about Cal, uh, uh, both of our, our writers here on, on this book, Justice League Infinity are, are uh, bona fide DCAU legends in, in our book. And yeah, hopefully as people are, are sort of seeing the, some of the panels that the, we and other, uh, other content creators have posted on social media this week. And as you know, interviews and press start to come out about the book, uh, it'll it'll get just as much uh, attention as uh, Batman the uh, the Adventures Continue has because uh, there's there's quite a little a lot of fun to be had with this, and it does uh, in in certain ways pick up uh, a bunch of threads uh, right where Justice League Unlimited sort of left off. Yeah, absolutely. And and as we mentioned, so Mr. DeMatteis, uh, who was responsible for writing The Return, uh, which was, in fact, a, a pivotal point in bringing back the Amazo character who uh, we had last seen uh, in the, the Justice League series had left Earth. And uh, so that story itself heavily involved uh, Amazo and uh, there were plot points picked up later on uh, in the series where he's really just this uh, wondering what his purpose is uh, and which is obviously a very identifiable trait for us human beings. And so even though he's an android, he's, he's struggling with this idea of what all of this power that he's amassed and continues to amass, what does it mean? Uh, so I believe there was an interview uh, a, a while back uh, with Mr. Tucker saying that they had some ideas, perhaps uh, with uh, with what uh, with 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 picking up some of these threads and maybe bringing Amazo back if there had been an additional season of Justice League Unlimited. So uh, for if you're going to do a comic book, that's essentially the next season of what would happen. Uh, why not kick it off with some, some interesting, uh, interesting dialogue with Amazo himself as he, he's uh, it's actually, we're not quite sure right off the bat, although there are some, some hints as to who is narrating, but there's a narration happening about Amazo and uh, Amazo's continued search and struggle for meaning in life. And uh, what, as he's sort of traveling the galaxy and reaching the galaxy's end, trying to just figure out what 
uh, his exact purposes uh, in life. And uh, we learn quickly afterwards, uh, as, as he sort of reaches these supernatural doors that open up and he walks in, uh, he walks in and there's all these shards of mirrors. And uh, then we cut to the, we cut to uh, an additional scene where uh, we are actually in, uh, in uh, New Delhi, India, and uh, with a couple sitting on a bench, uh, having a conversation, uh, the narration continues. And shortly thereafter, it sort of revealed why the, the narration boxes are green with white text. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty uh, dramatic introduction, as you mentioned. And we'll certainly talk more about the art uh, and the art team in, in a couple minutes here. But yeah, we get the, the introduction as, as we see a, a man and woman in uh, New Delhi, in India, sort of speaking about, about their families and, and loneliness. And, and we sort of get a, a couple pages of, a, of this woman as, as the narration continues. And then uh, we, we finally do get the reveal that it is, in fact, John Jones, the Martian Manhunter, uh, and that he, he's sort of still on this quest that we saw him uh, begin uh, in the in the last season of Justice League Unlimited, where he sort of leaves the league and sort of tries to go find a a a, uh, a reason to keep fighting, a reason to to want to protect humanity, and and not just because it's a job and uh, and feeling he's just feeling so unfulfilled. I believe it's the episode two, another shore where he leaves. Um, that does raise some interesting questions. We'll get to uh, some some continuity, some light continuity stuff that I. Uh, in, in a few moments here, but uh, from there, as, as we see Jean sort of still on this spirit quest, hoping to, uh, to find his, uh, his true purpose on Earth, again, mirroring Amazo looking for his purpose in, in the galaxy, we, uh, we cut to the Metro Tower, the, the Earth base for the League that was introduced in the last season and that we end up seeing later on in Batman Beyond. And uh, the Flash arrives, it seems like it's an emergency, but it actually turns out to just be a birthday party, a surprise <laughs> party for, uh, for Wally West, the Flash. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's Wally's birthday and we get some, uh, we get some moments that uh, some shippers might be interested in. Uh, Batman and Wonder Woman hanging out. Batman mentions how much he hates birthdays. Wonder Woman clearly <laughs> says that he has difficult time expressing his feelings and then sort of looks at him very coyly with her eyes sparkling. And uh, he responds that, yes, she would know that he has a hard time showing his feelings. Uh, but we <laughs> we cut right from there. We see uh, we see some great shots inside of uh, who's attending this party. It's rather well attended, by the way. Uh, we have uh, Fire and Ice. We have the Elongated Man. We have uh, Scott Free himself, Mr. Miracle, uh, Big Barda. We have uh, Booster Gold and the Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle making an appearance here, uh, despite never making an appearance in the actual series itself. But uh, good to see what we presume to be Ted Cord making a uh, making a stop here. Uh, we also have the Red Tornado and Vixen, along with Shaira and uh, and John Stewart as well. Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, of course, also there. Uh, so uh, we learn quickly, however, that uh, there's a cut, uh, and uh, it appears that Vixen and Shaira are having a conversation, and 
John's not uh, not a little concerned, I would say, uh, about what the conversation piece is. And uh, as uh, he interrupts it, uh, Shaira reassures him that uh, they weren't talking about him. Uh, he is not the center of the universe. Uh, and then as she walks away, she sort of have the, has this dialogue with herself where she sort of reiterates that they're that they're finished, that their romance is done. And she doesn't understand why she allows him to get under her skin. Uh, and as she's sort of voicing this dialogue there, she's interrupted by what else but a boom tube. That's right. And that's where we kind of get our, our action piece uh, for, for the issue is uh, uh, the returning lots of parademons along with granny goodness uh, arriving. There's uh, some mentions very quickly of, of how Darkseid left a power vacuum in his absence, which of course we would know from the series finale of JLU where he and Luthor disappear. And so there's a, a power vacuum that Granny is attempting to feel. Uh, we get a little bit more of a Mezo trying to break through this sort of strange crystal wall that he's found himself in. And uh, then we're back to the party here where we see Granny uh, continuing to fight along with the Parademons. But one boob tube just wasn't enough as, uh, as the Justice Leaguers continue to fight Granny's forces. We get the arrival of our favorite uh, <laughs> dark, dark side minion, uh, Calabac, uh, making his return here. And again, we get a little bit more uh, uh, exposition about this sort of continued power vacuum that is, uh, that is continued on in, in Darkseid's uh, absence. That's right. Uh, so as as a granny who I could not help but hear, of course, I'm hearing all of the DCAU vocal performances throughout as I'm reading these. But uh, Ed Asner's voice coming in strong as uh, as granny goodness as I read this. Uh, and then we have uh, we have Calabac and her uh, continuing to fight. While they're fighting, it sounds like there's some uh, some strategy that's being done by Mr. Miracle and uh, Big Barda together as he's playing with his mother box. She kind of teases him about that. There's also this uh, this C plot of the elongated man uh, out to eat Booster Gold's cake for some reason, and he's finally <laughs> able to uh, to uh, grab that. Um, as you mentioned, the scene prior to this as uh as uh amazo is in this room filled with mirrors it's interesting he's talking about how uh this this quest is uh it shakes him to his very soul and then he screams but wait i have no soul and it's interesting he's standing in this room with all of these mirrors because uh the actual name of this comic is uh the cracked mirror part one so uh, a little foreshadowing there uh but then we get we get a cut back to uh to john who as he's narrating is talking about how he's sort of uh, very much aware of what's happening, uh, perhaps dreaming of it. He wakes up out of a dream and uh, reverts from his uh, Martian form to his uh, classic Martian manhunter garb. But then he stops himself and remembers that he's, uh, he's working on letting them continue to, to fight their own fights, them being the Justice League, and uh, they're always in a battle, and he is, he is chosen uh, to, to release that and let them continue in their role, and that was their choice. So he, he, he's allowed to continue in his choice of, of living a life uh, sort of and learning about human, humans and human beings. 
uh, and what his, sort of his purpose is here. So uh, as we continue with that, the action continues, lots of fighting happening, some great uh, artwork that we'll talk about in just a moment. But uh, all of that leads to uh, Mr. Miracle finally uh, jerry-rigging his uh, mother box to sort of uh, open up simultaneously a pair of boom tubes and uh, that causes uh, both the parad- all of the parademons and both Granny Goodness and Calabac to be, uh, I, I guess, sucked back into uh, their respective places on Apocalypse. I will say there was also some uh, appealing to both Granny and, and, and uh, Calabac by Superman and, uh, and Wonder Woman to perhaps use this opportunity to remake Apocalypse in an image that is not as uh, tyrannical as the one that Darkseid left. Left, but uh, they're really not interested in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get some. There's a great Calabac line about "There's nothing I hate more than idealists." <laughs> I think it's, that's a pretty great. I mean, anyone from Apocalypse saying that works, but I think it especially is uh, is good coming from uh, from Calabac. Love it. But yeah, that's uh, they they're sent back from whence they came, at least for the time being, and as sort of the cleanup of the above the party is happening. We, uh, we cut to a, a nice, cozier uh, celebration, that being uh, Superman and Lois Lane. Uh, are they having Are they having dinner on top of the Lex Luthor's tower? It doesn't have the two eyes, so oh. I don't know if that's Lex, that's Lex Corp. It could be, like, I guess, a different side of the building. We kind of only see the one, but All right. it is, the, the top of the building is L-shaped, so... Well, as he, as Lex said, he probably owns, uh, you know, every building in the city, whether people know it or not. But fine. But anyway, uh, but yeah, we have uh, we have Superman and Lois uh, enjoying a lovely candlelit dinner, and as uh, Superman sort of is is recounting the story to her, and uh, we see one panel of, as you mentioned, Cal, a mirror appearing to crack and some dark energy emitting from it, and. As we see uh, Superman and Lois toasting to a to a wonderful evening, uh, that crack gets bigger, more and more dark energy appears to come out of it, and then all of a sudden, we have a very different Superman and very confused Superman, furious and uh, just ruining Lois's good night, and that's where we have our cliffhanger ending for this issue. Yeah, um, it's hard to tell uh, what version of Superman this is. This does have the uh, tyrannical Nazi Superman logo on his chest, but his uh, his costume is all white. So not sure if it's from uh, if it's the same one that appeared in the Superman, the animated series uh, or not. Uh, he, he does have the gloves, but he's added a cape to his uh, a cape, which I believe was one of your your major complaints about that that appearance of Superman was he didn't have a cape to to uh, to wear. Among my other complaints with Brave New Metropolis, that was that was <laughs> certainly one of them. But yeah, so that costume appears to most closely uh, resemble uh, Cal L of Earth Ten, who has uh, taken the name Overman. Okay. Uh, which is uh, much like uh, a lot of Elseworlds DC stories of the uh, 90s and 2000s. Uh, what if Superman Rocket drops somewhere besides Candace? Uh, Kansas is the basic, uh, <laughs> the basic idea for that. So yes, he uh, Krypton, the rocket from Krypton arrived in the Sudeten land in 1938. And 
So uh, assuming that the, the look matches uh, the character, which again, we, we won't know for sure until next month's issue, but it would appear that yes, this may in fact be a very, very uh, bad Superman. Yeah, I think the black cape and black gloves and uh, Nazi-esque logo on his chest gave us that. Just, just the one ass, but yes, <laughs> so far. <laughs> Good point. Um, all right, so and that's where we're kind of left. Uh, and we're left with a cliffhanger uh, with the next issue uh, preview saying, where is Superman? So uh, that's, uh, that's kind of what we're left waiting for for next month. So uh, we know that uh, based on some cover leakage, if you're not interested in knowing uh, this scene, then I, I don't know why you're listening to this at all. <laughs> uh, but we do know that the cover for next, uh, next month's issue uh, does feature this same Superman on the front. Uh, as well as the rest of the Justice League, including Martian Manhunter. So we'll see if uh, if Jean perhaps is called out of retirement based on his uh, uh, on Superman being missing. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I guess just big picture thoughts here, Liam. I would say that it's uh, it's an interesting start, certainly to the episode or to the to the issue. I want it to be an episode, but it's an issue. Um, uh, certainly an interesting start to the series. Uh, mm -hmm. Lots of action. It seemed very very action heavy. Uh, the battle scene between uh, Granny Calabac and uh, and uh, the Justice League at the Metro Tower takes up almost the majority majority of the episode or the I keep saying episode Freudian slip the issue <laughs> um with with the sort of uh the the narration from Jean and and the flashes of what's going on with Amazo sort of uh, breaking up a little bit of the action but um I would say that uh, I'm look we've said it each time we've read a Batman, the adventures continue comic, we've, we've said it, uh, you know, regardless of whether or not the story itself is a, is a 10 out of 10, uh, we don't rank our, the stories or the plots for this, like we do with our standard episodes, but regardless of, of whether or not, uh, we absolutely love this, or this is the best comic we've ever read or not, uh, I, I think that we're extremely happy to have more DCAU content. We will always accept more playing in this world, especially when it involves creators that have had their hands in this before. Uh, as we said, Batman, the adventures continue having Alan Burnett and Paul Dini's hands on it in their writing. This having a J.M. DeMatteis and, and James Tucker involved with it, that's great. I love having these original storytellers here. And it's it's different when you go from writing a television show to writing a comic book because it's a different form of media, obviously. Uh, with that said, I think tonally it feels a little bit different than I would normally say a Justice League or a Justice League Unlimited episode would feel like. Um, so I didn't, it, it, in some ways it felt just like another, it's hard, it's, it's hard for me to see this as being DCAU one-to-one, -one, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I think the dialogue itself, um, especially it's just, it's very, it's very simplified. It's very, um, you know, sort of over explaining a little bit, maybe a little bit of a, a lot of exposition. And I understand to an extent because some people, not everyone who is uh, going to maybe pick up this comic has watched every single episode of Justice League Unlimited or remembers every single episode of it. So you, maybe you feel like you need to do a little bit more, uh, you know, telling rather than showing, but 
Um, with as packed as this issue is, you also have, yeah, I, I think the dialogue and, and, we'll, and we'll see how this goes because it's not in every scene. Uh, I think there's some fun moments that we, we talked about at, at the party with, with Batman and Wonder Woman. And, um, but yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely that feel to it. And I think that's, that's sort of existed uh, as long as these tie-in books ha have been around. There's certain issues just don't totally fit into that world, at least from a, I, again, I kept coming back to a lot of the dialogue. Um, as far as like the big, the big beats of the story. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you've set up kind of these, this three-pronged thing where, uh, you, you have the, the Amazo thing, and, and obviously they're all going to come together with Amazo's search for his purpose and uh, ultimately leading to, the, to this, this crack in the multiverse that is going to you know, send Superman uh, crashing through, through to other Earths, perhaps, and bringing other, other alternate versions of our heroes to the, to the main DCAU Earth. And, and then also this uh, this sort of third plot with with Martian Manhunter still on a search for his humanity, uh, for lack of a better term. I think I think those are all good and and strong and are interesting, uh, you know, things to follow up on. And, and yeah, and hopefully as we go along, maybe we we tighten up a little bit of, of the dialogue and and, and maybe uh, feel uh, get, get it a little bit more in line with. Uh, with maybe how we how we remember the shows and and that, that but yeah those are all i think minor tweaks and, and things that certainly can be fixed going forward but um either way as you said we're we're certainly uh we're certainly not turning down uh, uh another uh six issues of this series i believe this is another seven i uh, know this is a six issue one so another five issues of this uh of this series uh, still to come. So we're, we're looking forward to it either way, but yeah, certainly some, some minor things that I think could be tweaked as we go forward here. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I do really like the parallel between John and Amazo, both kind of on this quest to figure out where, what their purpose is, what their role is uh, in existing. Uh, John sort of struggling with being an outsider, you know, and, and a true alien in a world uh, where he sees, you know, we, we see Superman, we see Superman, an alien who is the last of his kind uh, come to earth and he fully assimilates to, you know, American culture and certainly, you know, human, human culture. Uh, whereas Jean comes here as an adult and he's having, having more of a difficult time. He doesn't know who he is. And he, he talks about taking on different personas, you know, uh, men and women and kids to try and really understand uh, human culture as, as a whole here on earth. And he still struggles with it. He still struggles with why he's here and what his purpose is. And I think those parallels are very, very interesting. And it's going to lead hopefully to some sort of uh, climax between, uh, you know, both storylines there. And then, as you said, like having the, the whatever's going on with the, with, with apocalypse also maybe somewhat uh, rectified towards the end. And then, uh, of course, playing in the multiverse is always a lot of fun when you do that. Uh, anytime you do that is, uh, is lots of fun. So lot, lots to look forward to from this for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, and from there, Cal, we will, uh, we will get uh, a little bit of uh, talking about the art uh, before we get out of here for this uh, first Justice League Infinity Review a bonus episode. And uh, whatever uh, tweaks we may want to see made to the uh, to the dialogue or to the to the plot going forward, uh, I had so much fun um, uh, reading this and, and looking at e at each panel here. We have a 
Ethan Beavers as the artist. Uh, he's credited as the sole artist, so I assume that means pencils and inks. Uh, there's no inker credited. And we also have Nick Filardi uh, doing the colors. And they really, uh, you know, this, it's so from the first page where we see Amazo flying, it's so bright and colorful. There's greens and yellows and oranges and reds and blues. And, uh, you know, from, from there, even to the, the quieter moments where, you know, Martian Manhunter in his disguise is just sitting on a park bench and there's, you know, this greenery everywhere. And, and, and then obviously once we get to the party and, and we see all of our, our heroes again and we see them in battle, there's just, there's a lot of fun to be had here uh, from, the, uh, from the art standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even going back before you even open up the book, um, looking at the cover from Francis Manipal, um, just mm -hmm. a beautiful, beautiful representation. I, I know we've had some conversations with people uh, online, a couple people upset that, hey, you know, some of these covers are being, same thing with Batman, The Adventures Continues, the covers are being outsourced to these artists and the art doesn't always one-to-one -one look like DCAU artwork. And I get that. And maybe... Uh, you know, maybe if this, if the artwork on the covers was more in the DCAU style, it would be, you know, the fanfare would have been a little bit, you know, greater for Justice League Infinity. Um, you know, maybe fans would have recognized it a little bit more. Maybe it would have been a little bit clearer when it's on a bookshelf that this is, hey, this is DCAU content. But with that said, they're getting some of the most prolific artists uh, in co the comic book industry today to do some of these covers. And uh, Mr. Mr. Manipal did just a tremendous job with this cover. Um, there is a there's also a, uh, a variant cover uh, done by Scott Hepburn and Ian Herring uh, as credited with the artwork for that, which is also equally, equally beautiful to look at. So uh, both of those are available. And I think, Liam, you said before we went on the air here that it appears that there's this is the only issue, unlike Batman, the Adventures Continue, that's going to have variant covers that has been announced thus far. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, based on solicits that we've seen so far. It's just going to be one cover from here on out. There won't be a, a B, a regular B cover um, remains to be seen. We could still get some, you know, some retailer exclusive variants. Those generally don't get announced until a little bit later. But as of now, it looks like from uh, from issue two on, that's that's all we're we're going to be getting is is just the A cover. Not that that's uh, necessarily a problem. It'll it'll certainly be perhaps easier on uh, some of some of people like me who uh, feel uh, compulsed to uh, collect them all. Uh, well, it'll be a little bit easier to do for this series uh, going forward for me so far. So I'm, I'm not exactly complaining about it from, uh, from that standpoint, but yeah, I'll always love to see those really unique takes and uh, some of the variants that we get. And, uh, but yeah, uh, for this first issue, uh, yeah, some, some really tremendous uh, covers just opening it up uh, worth noting. And I think that uh, that created uh, some, some concern that was almost immediately put to rest because the, uh, the first couple of pages of uh, interior art, I think came out the same day that, that, uh, that those covers, uh, those covers came out, but uh, uh, Hawk girl in the, in the classic Hawk girl costume that we obviously do not see her in post uh, star crossed. So that was a, a little bit of a surprise at first, but obviously within the, uh, the issue uh, she is, she is herself in uh in in her uh unmasked form um but yeah i i think that that first cover it's it's a very simple image of the the original seven sort of in action and uh while it may not be exactly uh dcau i think i think based uh, certainly on on batman's look and 
And obviously this is uh, to date the only version of Jon Stewart that has that sweet uh, shaved head and goatee combo. <laughs> so I, I had no tr- trouble personally telling that this was a, a DCAU book. Um, but, uh, but uh, you know, and again, I, I don't think there's a wrong opinion to be had on, on that, on that argument, as far as uh, if you think it should look more like the interior art, I, I'm not going to argue with you. That's a, that's a perfectly valid opinion, but uh yeah, as as uh, speaking of the interior art, as mentioned, we have we have uh, we have Nick Filardi doing the colors and and Ethan Beavers on uh, on art, uh, both pencils and inks. And yeah, I think that that opening couple of pages of Amazo sort of floating through space, and then once uh, Granny and the para demons arrive, it's just a it's just a smorgasbord of of really cool action poses and, and action moments uh, mixed in with some some really breathtaking color work by uh, Mr. Filardi. Yeah, absolutely. I, w- I was going to say, so uh, Mr. Beaver's style of artwork, and, and he has some credits to his name uh, from the from the previous Justice League Unlimited uh, tie-in uh, comic book, uh, which of course you can find on the DC Universe app. Not a plug, but uh, not a paid plug anyway, but uh, could be. Uh, yeah, the... Uh, his work there and then he's also i believe done some of those somewhat in the style read-along children's book uh artwork as well for certain things that sort of looks like dcau but unsure if it's it's not exactly one-to-one supposed to be dcau tie-in material (laughs) but uh yeah so the first thing i would say I, i think those opening panels are great um his work is a little bit more cartoony um and then then i would say ty templeton's and it's you know when you start comparing artists in the way that they draw work that's homages to uh bruce tim it's you know it's 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 you're comparing apples and oranges and peaches like you know you're it's a couple different things it's all in the same style it's very similar squared off very all in the vein of Jack Kirby and there's plenty of Kirby nods, I think in the coloring and some of the design choices as we introduce those fourth world characters, Mm -hmm. but uh, some of the expressions on the characters faces are a little bit more jovial and they're cart a little bit more cartoony, um, a little bit more kid friendly for sure. Uh, So that is a little bit, that also may have taken me a little bit out of this, trying to marry this as, as DCAU content. So many smiling faces, so many big giant eyes. Um, With that said though, once you get into it and you start reading through it, and again, you start hearing the voices that you, that you recognize from, uh, from Justice League and Justice League Unlimited playing in your head to voice these characters, I think it settles in a little bit. And some of the poses, as you said, in the artwork for various different uh scenes and the splash pages i love the entrance of granny goodness uh just the way that the art the both the coloring that's done on that page uh as well as uh you know the the artwork of granny herself again you can hear ed asner's voice coming off of that Uh, and then the very next panel is a very dynamic pose with superman pointing sort of leading the attack against uh, granny and the, the parademons. So the action beats, I absolutely love, you know, the, the clashes between both uh, granny and, and the parademons and the justice league. And then when Calabac shows up also, um, 
but yeah, I, I think, I, I really think that the, the artwork may take uh, a second or two to get used to reminded me a little bit of the old adventures in the DC universe artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not as streamlined and not as straight uh, homages and certainly a little bit different than uh, you may be expecting uh, when it comes to like a Ty Templeton, if you're more familiar with his artwork, but it's still good. It still, still feels right at home. And is, you know, is similar enough where you can tell what this is, what this is supposed to be. So um, I think Nick Filardi's colors, though, I think, you know, they're, they're, they're fantastic once you get into the actual battle scenes. Lots of uh, an interesting color palette, for sure, that he used for a lot of those scenes once the, uh, the apocalyptic attackers show up. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of reds, and there's sort of as, as the 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 building gets more damaged, uh, you see more fire, and then reds and oranges sort of in the background, and and uh, of course mixed in with the the various leaguers, and and yeah, I, I think that's that's a really there's a one of the shots that's right before uh, one of the panels right before they are sucked back into the boom tube, sent back to a apocalypse uh, it's it's uh, granny and calabac and their minions sort of all surrounded by uh, by fire as the the boom tubes begin to materialize and it's just it's just so bright and colorful and 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 uh, yeah great marriage of uh, this, these very expressive faces in that case with with that color palette as uh, as they're then all transported back and and then and then from there it's uh, back and as you mentioned uh, a lot of kirby influences we get quite a bit of the uh, the classic Kirby crackle effect uh, throughout this uh, throughout this issue here uh, both on the boom tubes as well as in, in a lot of the the energy and then certainly the, the dark energy emitting from the crack in the mirror uh, that Amazo causes uh, very good and even even I think and this shows some of the range of, uh, of our artists here uh, those, that quieter moment as you mentioned there's a there's a page sort of right in the middle of the battle where we cut back to Jean who is uh, you know sleeping asleep in his bed and he sort of is startled awake and he, he sort of cyclically realizes that the league is in danger and he jumps out of bed and transforms into the the Martian manhunter that we all know and you know is about to fly out the window and then sort of stops himself and, and transforms back into this this woman that he's been uh, pretending to be and and sort of has this very contemplative and almost sorrowful look on his face as he decides not to intervene and, and not to get involved this time. So a, a good amount of range were these really over the top moments, both in the uh, the Amazo space cosmic stuff and then in sort of the over the top battle scene uh, in, in the Metro Tower and then sort of juxtaposed with uh, some some lighter moments like uh, like that moment with John in his bedroom and even the the shot of uh, Superman and Lois uh, sort of clinking glasses right at the end of the book it's it's very uh, it's just their silhouettes with a little bit of sort of red coloration and then the city skyline in the background and and then uh, that sort of dramatic transformation as we see the the crack begin to get larger and then Superman's hand turns into uh, what appears to be Overman's fist and he crash and, you know breaks the the glass of champagne in his hand and uh, again, I do agree that the the, the super express, you know, a little bit more expression, a little you know, bigger face, bigger, more detailed eyes, and things like that, can be a little a little distracting. It's not like you said, not a one to one recreation of the uh, of the animated series style necessarily, but that that sort of final expression of of Overman uh, just 
you know, screaming at, at Lois, uh, trying to figure out what exactly is going on here. It's, it's very dramatic and uh, very memorable. Yeah, absolutely. It's plenty, plenty to be to behold. And I feel like um, it's interesting. I, I feel like maybe those those choices to have those reds and fuchsias and um, e- even the first shot that you get of the Metro Tower looking up at the sky, it's sort of a sunset ish looking color, but there's some stars that are mixed into it. I wonder if that's a little bit of a friendly allusion to the red skies of a crisis, uh, which, you know, which tends to happen in the DC when, when there is a crisis, I think there is even a mentioned dialogue someplace in there of a crisis uh, happening. So it very interesting. We, we see a a little bit of a a visual nod perhaps to uh, that classic DC trope of, of red skies. Uh, happening but uh lots of lots of great colors bright colors this is very kid friendly also i think it's it's uh it's a technically 13 and up Mm -hmm. comic rating but i would have no i don't i didn't find anything uh in this that i wouldn't show probably an eight-year-old or you know or lower um seems to be very 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 uh just like the justice league was you know geared towards both adults and kids and Mm -hmm. Uh, certainly lots of bright colors to, to attract uh, children's eyes also and to enjoy. So uh, yeah, I, I'm interested to see it, the artwork continue. Uh, Mr. Beavers is, is, uh, is working on the entire series. So uh, great start here. I think the colors uh, also uh, fantastic and, and certainly well worth uh, well worth noting also just uh, the combination of them, them both uh, from, from both of them, I think uh good start <laughs> some some really interesting and expressive panels uh from both gentlemen i think uh give some great visuals to, to kick things off here absolutely agree with you cal uh we're both obviously as we've been talking about for the last little bit here very excited to see what comes next in this series again maybe not a maybe not a perfect uh perfect start but a pretty darn good one and uh, very excited to see where the series goes from here. And then certainly, as you said, Cal, always excited to get a little bit more DCAU content to talk about uh, with you and then with all our listeners. Uh, as we begin to wrap up here, we would love to hear your thoughts on this first issue here. Uh, you can find us at DCAU Review on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, we'll be talking about this stuff uh, you know, as long as these books are coming out and probably even afterwards. So uh, we'll, uh, we always look forward to hearing from you. And uh, as mentioned at the top there, Cal, we will also have a review bonus episode of the second issue of Season 2 of Batman The Adventures Continue out this week. So be sure to check that out. Let us know what you think of that as well. Uh, and uh, until next time, I'm Liam. And I'm Cal. And we'll be back soon with another episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye.